Hi, I'm Graham Lasso, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat with Chris, Craig, and Brady. Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat pod. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and our good friend Brady. Guys, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and Chelsea have kicked off the new year with a couple of back-to-back wins. How are we feeling? Fantastic, feeling positive, heading into a new year. 2023 was poor overall, but um, yeah, 2024, feeling good, feeling optimistic, going in the right direction. See what we can do as as we go past the halfway point. Yeah, I mean, I was very worried before the Palace game because I thought after the Wolves defeat, we were in real trouble. And yeah, that's the, you know, as Craig said, get uh, 2023 in a back burner, bring on 2024. Hopefully we can get more than a point a game this year and uh, yeah, crack on. But yeah, two wins that are already in there and getting through to the semi-final of the uh, Carabao has been a very positive month. Yeah, absolutely. Start with sort of looking at that Christmas period and, where, you know, the Newcastle game where we got the late equaliser with Madrid, um, a long game of sort of attack versus defence um, after Newcastle scored through a Buddy Schiele mistake. Um, um, but we, we, we looked for an answer and it just never looked like it was coming until the very last knockings of the game where Trippier made the mistake and Madrid capitalised and some really, really good penalties from us. I was quite surprised at how good we were at penalties. Um, which was nice. And that kind of, uh, obviously coming off the Sheffield United win, um, put that together as well. And we, uh, we were heading into Christmas, Christmas Eve against, against Wolves, but it, it didn't quite go our way, that game. Wolves, yeah, was, uh, was a bit of a disappointing game, really, overall, wasn't it? But the Newcastle game, just to focus on that briefly, I thought could have been, I think now looking back on it retrospectively as well, it's like a, a big turning point for us really to look forward to these, uh, the Carlin Cup um, semi-final and final, or sorry, the Carabao Cup uh, semi-final and final now potentially. Borough's a great draw for us and uh, probably going to end up playing Liverpool in the final, which would be a, a fun day out at the very least for us. And, you know, something to celebrate for the, the fans, hopefully, because it's been, a, you know, a tough period, I think, to to be a Chelsea fan to go from, you know, winning the Champions League not so long ago to to potentially, you know, not competing as as hard for a little bit. So I think that was a big big turning point. I think if we got knocked out to Newcastle in in that fashion and in, in the sort of game where, you know, Newcastle sat so deep and 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 defended and we couldn't break it down again, I think it would have been a really really frustrating uh, loss. But yeah. Glad, glad we got the the win there in, on pens and there. And then you look like this period coming in where we've got three decent fixtures. Wolves away turned out to be you know very 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 tough game, and uh, we didn't compete at all on the day. Again, looking back on it, there was obviously that moment where Sterling in the first half was completely through on goal and could have easily squared it. It's probably the worst thing he's ever done in a Chelsea shirt that moment and um, you see that still it's, it's depressing really and then you have to go on to lose that game you know very very disappointing what did you make of that that Wolves game Brady well you can insert Chelsea torn apart by Wolves variation Chelsea's Christmas torn apart by Wolves it was 2-1 but it was about the 3-on-1 really I mean that game was really all about 
I mean, Londoners Blue Pod, they often do a free road review, and I think it'll just be bad both boxes. Just can't defend set pieces. I think that's actually a theme for the whole of this Christmas period. Can't really defend early anymore uh, from corners, set pieces. I'm not particularly good in boxes in this game. Uh, it was a t- quite similar to an, another team beginning with W away. I thought it was quite similar to the West Ham game. I think we should have been ahead, clearly, at half-time. And then the second half was pretty, mu- pretty muddy, really. Kind of, we conceded a goal and then... You know, then you know we kind of bit of pressure, and then we conceded another one, and then we get a, get a consolation. But yeah, it wasn't a good game, and it, it was um, there was a silver lining of the obviously the Kunku goal, but I think it was really standing out where a real real lack of discipline in this game. I think. I mean, Potch has spoke about you know they're young, so they're trying hard, but you know, I mean, we got. I mean, the, the Sterling yellow was very harsh for the dive, but like to, to get like descent when you're like on four yellows is not great either. And we had two of our key players out for the Palace game, but yeah. Just really a day to forget, really. I mean, uh, got over it by the time I was having my Christmas pudding on the Christmas day. But yeah, it was a, it was a bit of taste to have it on Christmas Eve. Yeah, um, and then we moved on after Christmas. Um, we had a home game against uh, Crystal Palace, which we won 2-1. Uh, probably one of the better first halves I've seen this season, actually. Mm, yeah. Um, with that, that first half, really good, big chances we created. Um, some absolutely glaring misses as we've come, become quite accustomed to this season, maybe last season as well, really. Um, but we we did manage to uh, to score one of the chances in the first half, obviously going one 0 and then again some some strange decisions at the back for the uh, Elise goal, predominantly from Badiashile and Colwell. Um, and then you know again a bit like the Newcastle game, never looked like it was coming. And then we got uh, we managed to get a penalty um, at the end, which um, Madaweke won, and Madaweke scored. Who seems to have mm. re-emerged in this squad out of nowhere, really. So um, good on him, really. I mean, this game was a, there's a story. There's a lot of missed, lot of uh, big chances missed. We actually created six big chances. I agree with Chris as well. I think that the first half was really promising. I think you saw what Nkunku could bring that little no look pass that he gave to Gusto. Um, and I thought Gustav was fantastic in this game. But, I mean, the Palace game, I mean, it was maybe the turning point in Noni Madueke's season as well when he came on and won the penalty and obviously he subsequently scored a goal. Um, but, I mean, this one was the... This game was the introduction of Alfie Gilchrist for me. I mean, what a little cameo. I mean, just... It was absolutely... It was so funny just the way he got stuck in. It was all over the internet, all over X. And if you could follow us on X, uh, we still haven't reached 2,000 followers, but we will do soon if you follow us at Eat Sleep Chelsea. Hoping to get, you know, to at least 5K followers this year. Uh, so if you could give us a follow, that'd be fantastic. But yeah, it was uh, it was refreshing to see a Cobham graduate come in and uh, kind of see the game out. They did a little bit against Luton as well. So yeah, I thought that was really nice, uh, kind of uh, icing on the cake for that victory. And then we were off to Luton. Craig, what did you make of that? Well, I think you can make whatever you want out of the first 70 minutes. I thought we, in general, were were very, very good. And then after that, I mean, it's approaching the worst I've seen us play under Posh, for sure. I don't know about before that, but I mean, it was absolutely chaotic for that sort of 15-minute period after that, as if the game had been wrapped up and then... um, the players sort of thought, well, it has been wrapped up, so we don't need to bother anymore. Then the, you know, the the overlaps on the side, poshed it too long again to to sort of uh, react to that. 
And yeah, I think just overall, you look back at that game and just think, you know, we could have easily held on for 3-0 if we kept that, maintained that level and, and just adjusted a little bit tactically to some things Luton did. And, and we could have felt really positive after that game. Um, and instead of that, we're, we're looking back on the game and think maybe we were even lucky to hold on with being 3-0 up with 20 minutes to go at Luton. So, yeah, I mean... A couple of ways to look at the game, I think. One is that I think finally some really good finishing in the box from us, um, which we hadn't seen really at all this season. Um, some some low XG chances converted. Definitely part of uh, part of scoring goals in football is is some good shots from some elite attackers. So um, fair play to to Palmer and Madueke for both their goals in the first half. But um, yeah, I, th- I think just. Too naive and and too lightweight in the in the game and the in the at the end there just the urgency or the magnitude of the situation when Barkley scores obviously again conceding from a corner. Um, I know as well. I just want to quickly mention Garth Crooks. Is it that writes for the BBC? Yeah. Um, he was actually quoted saying that Palmer, yeah, you can do all that that stuff at the high end of the pitch, but you, you, you've got to sort it out and, and defend corners better. I, I I think, obviously, you can see the harsh aspect of that because Palmer has been exceptional for us. But you can also see that, yeah, there's parts of his game and parts of all our team's game that's not complete. And one of those aspects, for sure, is physicality. And, yeah, exposed again in another corner. So, yeah, I think, yeah, lots of lots of positives and negatives from that game. I think I agree. I think the finishing was really positive for us. You know, Palmer did really, really well for both his goals. Madawake took his goal fantastic. The Madawake team goal was really good, like the way we moved up the pitch. Yeah. More I, thought I, was I thought it was one of the best team goals of the season. I thought it was the yeah, definitely, yeah. Like people moving, passing. Colwell got into a really, really good position for that and played a ball across, um, which I really liked. And then, you know, straight into the wingers, which you see with a lot of the top teams. Um, I think there's lots to like about some of the performance but you know again it's sort of flashbacks to that Manchester United game it was almost flashbacks to the Arsenal game you know when they scored and then it all just sort of goes into chaos it sort of reminded me a little bit of quite a lot of games this season where it just seems to flip quite quickly and they don't seem to have the mentality um, installed in them yet to uh, to really like understand how to play out wins how to maintain good levels towards the end of the match, what they should and shouldn't be doing. Um, also, there was lots of tactical issues um, with Poch. Brozier had his worst ever game, maybe for us. He's, I don't know how he survived. And Jackson for for a long period. So, yeah, there was, there was lots of stuff to take away from that game, which doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth. But, you know, it's the, it's the only the second time this season we've had back-to-back wins in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And that, that's quite telling in, in the... You know where we are in the league as well, but it's also a really good positive for us to to get through it, survive. You know, Petrovic made some really really good smart stops as well, so can thank him um, as well. So there are some positives, but we have to look at the result and we have to be thankful and and be you know look to move on from it. I think I think I've got a little bit of a different aspect. Here. I mean, the last twenty minutes was was awful, and we conceded two point five xG to Lou, and that's not good. Um, I say it's one of the first games really where other maybe not the Nine United game or Newcastle game where there's been plenty of times this season where you know the other team will go away and go oh Chelsea should have won today or Chelsea should have got a point or you know I mean comes and goes it reminded me a little bit of kind of a moment um, kind of the Manchester United team of the last few years where 
maybe they've been I think Everton I think Everton away recently they ended up winning 3-0 but I think Everton created about 2xG in the first half reminded me a little bit of that game sometimes you just the other team just doesn't take their chances or we get a bit lucky and it was chaotic at the end but I'm fine with this team being clinical you're not always going to play really well um, I mean Kenilworth Road I mean people might laugh but it's actually been a very tough team a place for uh, teams to go City's you know got a 2-1 there it's kind of a difficult victory obviously Arsenal got a 4-3 last minute one uh, Liverpool got a last minute equaliser to get a point it's not the easiest place to go and in this game and we, we, we had a 67 hour, I mean you know you can say that you know this is not an excuse but it's just you know it's just sports science where like we had a 67 hour turnaround and we, we actually had a two-day less turnaround versus Palace and well as well. Um, so yeah, I actually thought going back to the Palace game that was a really pivotal victory because I was very worried about that game going in with no, because I thought it was quite risky to start in Kunku in terms of you know only having a selection of minutes and then starting. So I'm 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 pretty positive about it. I mean, if that happened every game with Luton and obviously we've seen some evidence of the team crumbling a little bit, but they did hold on. So. Yeah, I've just got a little bit of a different spin in it because I think there's been plenty of times and we've dominated the XG and we've gone away shaking our heads how we haven't got one and got a point, which I'm sure Luton might have done uh, on, on Saturday. But yeah, I mean, two two wins in a row and fr- three wins in four. I mean, that's kind of, that's been gold dust really in, in, in recent times. I think there's a lot to be said about sort of XG in this sort of situation where, you know, because we haven't scored, we're, we're having to push forward a lot more and we're naturally going to generate more chances. And, you know, in that Luton game, we'd taken our chances. So we we're trying to, looks like we were trying to sit back a little bit. And that's why we invited pressure on. So it doesn't always tell you the, the story of the game. Kind of, we kind of allowed it to be like that because of how well we'd done in the beginning, you know, half of the game. So it's the first time we've won at home and then away in the league since March. I mean, it's good. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a low bar, but at least we're kind of it's something for Poch to build on at least and let's be honest like if we lost the Palace game and if we went into Christmas with 22 points rather than 22 28 we could have been in crisis mode so for me it really could be um as Arkin Thedder said it that you know recently that you know that Palace game really could have been a turning point and um the sub I actually want to mention the subs that came on in that game I think that really helped us and we were floundering in that second half and, and then Madaweke and Mudra coming on really helped us so I think Madaweke coming in has really helped because I think it I think it Poch has said it a lot where when you have competition in the squad it rate you know you know um what's that saying about boats rising all tires or something like that where like you know yeah. if you've if you've got people like competing like I'm not saying Sterling's being lazy or anything like oh I'm gonna be in the team but if you've got someone nipping at your heels like Madaweke and obviously Mudrick so at the moment obviously you've got Palmer and Madaweke maybe for right wing Mudrick and Sterling for left wing Jackson's gone away now, but then you'd have Broya and obviously Nkunku and, uh, and Broya now might have to compete for the nine or who's going to go in the 10. You know, it's just, just a bit more, you know, just, just competes, uh, more, more competition at a high level. And I think that really, those, that little moment of bringing Madaweke on, giving Madaweke the penalty, maybe Gallagher could take it, but Madaweke took it, he scored it, and the next game he scores a great goal. These little moments make a difference and just building a bit of rhythm, I feel. Yeah, I mean, definitely the... The injury crisis is is has a lot of effect like that, and that people don't really talk about. And yeah, so just in terms of even resting players, is that obviously you can you can hear the excuse all the time, and you hear this from rival fans, you know, saying, "Oh, you know, Chelsea have got so many injuries, but they're still starting a hundred million pound player in that spot." It's like, yeah, but they can't play ninety minutes every week, and we've seen that with Enzo. He's uh, he's now picked up an injury that's probably going to affect the rest of his season. These hernia injuries are, are not easy to deal with at all. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, the, the I, it does feel like every, the squad is starting to come together a bit to me. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but it does feel like we're finding out a lot about these players. That I think if you had to pick our best team right now, I think that would be pretty easy to do. I think we've seen some development from Gusto as well, coming in and having a really, really good game, especially against Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought he was good against Luton as well. And obviously he's going to have to play a lot over the next three months. Um, so it's good to see him take some leaps and get some fitness back, play really well. I think you can name our, our best team or pretty close to it for the, for the next uh, you know month or so. So I think I think the squad's in a really good spot going forward. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's have a talk about the players. Let's uh, let's talk temps. Time to see whose form's on top, who's heating up, whose temperatures dropped, who's been playing well and who's not. It's freezing, warming up, boiling hot. this is going to be a Christmas period temperatures as we've been offline uh, for a few weeks, um, enjoying ourselves, I hope. Um, I'll so, be festive. One of you bo- I'll be festive. I'm still in a festive mood. One of you boys go first. I don't mind. Well, I can go first if you like. Go on then, mate, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to offer it up. Um, Merry Christmas. The Christmas <laughs> freezer. What's Christmas stuck in there? Well, there's sprouts. Yeah. There's carrots. Chipolatas from last year. <laughs> um, and there's also Buddy Shile. He's in there. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> um, yeah. It can't be. It can't be. I mean, he's, he's had an absolutely torrid Christmas period. He started before that, if I'm honest. Um, but you expect people to improve because he come back from big injury but you know the Newcastle game is a complete and utter mistake for the goal the Wolves second goal is a mistake um and I I I wouldn't blame him for the Palace goal I think that was Colwell um and he wasn't involved in the Luton game rightly so but he he was he's been shocking um I I really like Baddish I think there's a lot to lot to look at um, in terms of positives for him with his game, um, but got to cut out the mistakes. And unfortunately, he's being punished in the worst possible way um, by by them leading to goals. So I just want to talk about the, the Palace game as well. Not just the the mistake for the goal, but the there's a point in the the second half where Mateta just sort of picks up the ball, turns him, and just skips past him, and he's just outpaced by Mateta as well. I, I just think there's, there's aspects of of Badia Shield's game, defensively especially, that I think are, are potentially too weak to, for him to make it as a, as, a, as an elite defender. And I wouldn't have said that six months ago, I don't think, or, you know, the end of last season. Obviously, maybe pre-Lampard. Obviously, under Lampard, everyone looked poor, but, and he didn't play, I don't think. But um, I, I guess I had really high hopes for him to be someone to be really excited about. And I think the more I watch him the more I'm concerned about him defensively. And yeah, look, the good stuff looks really good with him. And that's why it's like, it's a, he's a flattering player to look at sometimes, especially on the ball. And everything looks easy for him. He's very calm and he's obviously built 
perfectly for a centre back. Um, but yeah, I, I am worried about Badishu. I've got to say, I, I don't know if he's he's going to make it in the Prem. He might be one of those like Christensen as well. Although Christensen did end up playing pretty well under under Tuchel in the end. But where you know La Liga is the best option for him or something like that. I I, I don't know if he's if he's going to make it in the Prem. It's just my opinion. I mean, he put the bad in Badia Shield, didn't he? I mean, I've been a big defender of this player. Um, still gonna st- I still think that he hasn't had the, the best season in terms of, you know, he was out for a long time. He was played against Newcastle. I think he should have been better than him. I think he played against Blackburn as well. But he has, I mean, he had a terrible, he had a terrible December. Um, I think sometimes with him, it looks like he's being too lax, but I think he's just very composed on the ball. But he, you've got to remember he's a very young player and he's only been playing, he's only played in the league on before. So I'm not going to say, you know, ship him off to the league or, or he's not ready for the Prem. I think he is, but it's been a poor month for him. And in, in, a, in, a, in an area of the team where competition is like, you know, they're fist fighting for minutes, as I always say, obviously you're going to have Wethy Fafana eventually, eventually come back. You've got Dezassi in there, Silver, etc. Chalaba's actually come back from injury. I'm not sure he'll be able to be sold this month, so maybe he'll be consideration. It's been a poor month for him and... Yeah, I mean, we're all talking about Barry Shield and Cole Will being, you know, the go-to centre-back partnership, and that's looking a bit uh, iffy now. I'm not going to U-turn on this player because, you know, it's only been a short, a small sample of games. But he had a terrible game against Newcastle, um, and against Wolves, he made a mistake. He just he's been really struggling. So, don't know if he needs to get fitness up. I mean, sharpness and application is clearly something that he needs to work on. I think the ability is there. I think it's more. Like you say, adjusting to the pace of the game, the sharpness, the application, and things like that. But uh, yeah, it, no. it might it might be like personality. Like he doesn't really have like you know if you think about Colwell and his personality, like he's quite he's quite a fighter, he's quite aggressive. Balishile seems mm. a little bit more lax, and you kind of saw that with the the Wolves goal where he he makes a mistake. Obviously, he plays it to the striker, but he doesn't have that aggression or desire to really stop the shot. He just sort of puts his foot out, you know, it's not, I don't know, it's not Alfie Gilchrist, that's for sure. No, no. <laughs> no true. But yeah, I think, that, so, I mean, yeah. he says, I think to a certain sense that can be coached out of him. I think he can be made to be a little bit more intense. I'm not sure it's definitely a personality thing, but I've gone from saying that, you know, he's probably one of the best young centre-backs in Europe to definitely maybe revising while I've been thinking about that. But yeah, hopefully he can just get... A, I think I really don't think it's helped him not having a run of, run of performances in the team and, you know, had a really... Come back from injury and... We, we do forget he had a long injury layoff and other players have been given, uh, you know, a bit more time to, to bed in after long injuries. I think we forgot a little bit that he was out for a long time, but yeah, because it, it was over the summer. But, um, yeah, not been a good uh, season for him so far. Who's, who's next? I'll, I'll go next. Um, e- easy one for me. I, I do think Badishil is a-, a good one, but uh, Armando Brozier is the the easy low hanging fruit. I think in this team right now, just I-, I think when when he was coming back, I think we could love to go back and replay our opinions on him in terms of what we thought he was going to bring. Obviously, at that point, Jackson was really struggling as well, probably just before he was coming back um, for the first time, and then he got re injured. But I think we all had quite high hopes for him. In terms of the play, he was going to be, you know, we'd seen a lot of pace, a lot of power, um, strength, also um, intensity as well, something I would have associated with him. Um, I don't think we've seen any of that. I, I really don't. I, 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 I'm not sure. He, he's a player playing in the shell at the moment. And um, I think under Posh, I think we've seen a lot of 
players take a leap forward, um, especially players like Allegra, you know, where he's really sort of rounded his game, become a, a really complete player. Um, and I, I just was sort of imagining what Posh could do with a player like Broya, who's a sort of a raw player, but it's got everything you need, like physicality, uh, wise to be an elite striker. And oh, I just, I'm so disappointed, you know, with, with what we get at the moment. The output's just not there. And obviously, look, it's a, it's a winter freezer. So it's a short-term analysis of him. Um, I, I'm not going to give up on the player after you know a bad six weeks or whatever, but I, I do. I am left very disappointed with his impact in games. I think with with Bribroya, there's a lot of there's a lot of hype around the player. Uh, there was at least, and there's been a lot of you know he's you know you know there's like I can say I said as well that you know he's got he's he's well liked around the clubs. I mean, there's a lot of scouts that are after him. But he's not. We haven't ever really seen this player play particularly well for us. I think he got a goal against. I mean, we've barely seen him play. I mean, he only got six game, six goals. Sorry, in thirty-two games for uh, Southampton away. He's not not that prolific. I mean, obviously he's very young, so you know you've got to take that into account. But there's a lot riding on his kind of reputation and hype, and this player is going to be thought of the next big thing, maybe, and we've not seeing it really. Um, he's not really putting the pieces together of the puzzle of these kind of attributes. You know, he. Um, you know, he missed an open goal against Sheffield United and McKay, that can happen. But I mean, he really, really need, I mean, we'll talk about it in the next pod about Preston North End. He really needs a goal. Um, and yeah, the confidence isn't there. He's, he's been hooked. He's, been, he's getting hooked a lot in early in games. He got hooked at halftime uh, against Burnley and he gets hooked on the hour pretty much every game. And you can't say it's a fitness thing now. So yeah, I mean, I think I know that you know Potts really rates him highly, as do a lot of coaches and you know the scouts. And I think I think he's very high on the data models um, from hearing different podcasts and things like that. But he's not performing on the pitch at the moment. He should just hit the bench, really. Um, but it's it's a worry because you never thought we'd say this, but we might end up missing Nick Jackson over the next four or five games. <laughs> oh, he, no. was looking, he was looking pretty good at left wing, actually. I've, I've been calling that all seasons. That's a good little. Uh, I'm happy about that. Yeah, looked... absolutely fair play to to Brady on that one. I, I did not see that being a thing yeah. at all. That's actually the heat map that um, he he operated for in Villarreal when I was looking for some scouting videos of him. Um, looks way different being sort of just off uh, just a left forward rather than a number nine. But yeah, um, not a nine, Jackson. Um, I don't think. No, no, but left forward, whatever you want to call it. I mean, there's a lot of variations. Left ten, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, and with Broya, I mean, you, we've got a big month. But a big month this month could potentially be getting into a final. They're not going to hang it out on him. Um, they might have to do. Uh, obviously, they can play Kunku up front. But if he's not fit, I'd probably prefer just to play like Palmer false nine. To be honest, I just don't really think that Broya is up to it. And I think he should be brought on and play for thirty minutes or forty minutes until he proves that. Uh, I mean, I'll probably start him on Saturday against Preston North End, but otherwise I wouldn't be starting him in games. It's just not playing well at all. And we're not a charity, you know. You can't, you, you don't live off hype for too long in, in 2024, I'm afraid. So, yeah, he's got to fix up sharp, I'm afraid, especially in that position when you've got names like Awesome and, and players coming in. If he doesn't hit the ground running soon, I think he could easily be sold in the summer, I think. Uh, I don't think selling him's a good option. I think he's a good player to have around. Um, I think he's got... Well, I, think, I think if you're talking about... Go on, go on, go on, go on. No, I think he's got good attributes. I think he's, you know, in that looting game, he was really bad. But you also remember that he went down screaming and almost crying at one point. Um, I don't know if he was fit or not. Come off a very long injury. Reminds me of Loftus-Cheek, Hudson-Odoi. Just looks mm. like he's not really at it. 
and he needs to play every week. Uh, and maybe that's a loan. Maybe we get someone in. I don't know. But um, I mean, we definitely can't afford to loan him now. We 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 technically can't loan him because we're not allowed yeah. to loan him. Yeah, we need we need him playing. He's at the age now where he should be playing every week. So we should be seeing him in all the cup games. He should be starting all of those games for us. Um, he's definitely got a lot of good attributes. Um, we need to give him a lot of time. He has been poor. I think that's. That's fine. This is where our contention, like we're talking about, he's from like elite talent. You give this elite talent time, he's going to come to it. I don't, I maybe don't see it. I, I don't think... think it's about, we don't need him to be Osman, whatever people think Osman's going to be for us. Or in Kunku, we already have signed, right? He's the number one striker. So we need him to be a good player to come on, you know, like he did against City, he came on, he won as the penalty. Um, he scored against Fulham. You know, he's, he's a handful, he's a player in the box. He's you know, he's unlucky against United not to get the, the header in off the post. So I, I don't think it's as easy as he hasn't played well in a few games. So we'll ship him off in the summer. Um, he's a young player. He's homegrown. He's good enough to be in our squad. He's exactly the sort of player we should have in our squad below a number nine. Um, and I think we just need to give him a bit more more time I just to think settle into that role. And, you know, hopefully this- he can push on at some point yeah. in the future. I mean, in straight out of Cobham, apparently, you know, pure profit is basically like a swear word around Chelsea. It's like kind of like a taboo to talk about it. But in the era of pure profit selling, I think he would not be the worst sale. I have to be honest at this point, unless he really fixes up and shows us something. You know, we start with Jackson. Yeah, you really like him. Well, well uh, I assume we're going to sign someone if we sell him. Right? Well, well, well I'm, I'm just saying that in the era of pure profit, if we can get 35 million, 30, 35 million for him at this point in time. I mean, if someone came in this month for a 35 million bid for a Mano Brewer, I'll take it. I, I think we can afford to take who, it this month. Him. Who's yeah, going to play up front? Jackson's away, yeah? Yeah, okay. Jackson's yeah, Mad- right. Madness selling him at this point. Well, maybe, but what I'm maybe from a sort of again at the first macro point of a 2024, when we talk about selling players, I would definitely sell him before, not in this climate, but I'd definitely send before I sell Gallagher, for instance. Sure. Um, I think uh, well, Gallagher's I just, easier. Easily I, I just think a, a little bit like Hudson Odoi, and a little bit like Loftus Cheek. There's a lot of hype around this player, and like, oh, he's the next big thing, and then it just fizzles out to nothing. You know, he's just a. You know, there's a lot of players who are... Except- well, that's like 95% of our signings of all yeah, time. Yeah, but there's a lot of players who are exceptional uh, academy products. It just, it just doesn't happen for us, and they have to go down a little level and rebuild their career. I'm not saying I want a brand new Brogan. gone. I think he, I've been a real fan of him, and I'm not you turning on him. But he's unfortunately in a position where we can't really afford to, like give him lots of games and you know go through ups and downs, ups and downs, because the form is already terrible. You know, for the team. I mean, we're we're dead in the water this season for Champions League, basically. So, oh, we're, I agree. We're, I agree. We're, we're, so this is exactly the sort of time we should be. You know, this is what we should have been doing last I'm, year. I just don't well know. If I, I don't know players. if I trust him for like Middlesbrough away or Middlesbrough. those. Those are big games. Like, you know, that's a big. I mean, I know. It's, I know. Well, Kinku's going to be on the pitch too, right? Yeah, of course. But I'm just saying, at the moment, you can't hang your hat on him. You can't score a goal. Matt, I won't be hanging my hat on Nicholas Jackson, but he seems to have started almost every game for us. But he, we've seen some flashes from Jackson, though. I think. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, look, Broya... he's played look, every game. <laughs> Broya, hopefully he can stat pad a little bit against uh, Preston from there. And what I mean by that, it doesn't mean add a way. Hopefully he can get his confidence up, maybe get a couple of goals, because I think he definitely will start on Saturday. Um, and we'll talk about that in the preview. But yeah, I agree with the freezer. I mean, he is the standout 
kind of poor player in his team at the moment in the attacking area at least. Uh, obviously defensively we don't look good, but attacking wise he's he's stinking out of the place to be honest. So he's got to get better. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm interested to see who you've put in your freezer, Brady. I mean, there was no one left, really. Yeah, but... th- those are the two. Standards. Oh my god, there's a few. There's a someone else, surely. I'm going to put Raheem Sterling in the freezer. Oh, oh, he hasn't even played, has he? That's tough. Well, I'm, I'm going to oh, put him fair. in. I, I'm going to put him in. Not, not, not ready for a playing thing, but I just want to just, just, just let me explain. It, it's a, it was a bad trifecta for Raheem. Obviously, he had that, you know, that viral miss. And, you know, he actually played quite well in that game against Wolves. But, you know, and he got an assist. But that moment will really, that counts, you know. Fans remember that. And I'm not saying that form-wise he'd be in the freezer, but then he gets suspended for the next game. And then against Luton, you have to say, he pretty much was dropped, I think. I think, or not selected. I mean, I know Madueke, there's a lot of things that Madueke's got to come straight back in. You could have played. Uh, you could have played Sterling. I mean, I guess he wanted to play Jackson for his last game. But I think there was play... rumours that Sterling was ill. By the way, for Luton, maybe, maybe. But I mean, that often comes out when players aren't selected, though. But I think, look, Raheem Sterling. I don't think it was a good Christmas for him. I, I just think that Madueke coming in and these players. I think he's really going to have to step it up a little bit in terms of like he's been one one of the better players this year. Don't get me wrong, but he's had a good season, and we need him to have an excellent season. And there wasn't really much else to turn, really, for me, in terms of the uh, the freezer. There might be some special mentions for you boys by the sounds of it. But I do think that the dynamic has changed a little bit where I think, you know, he seems to quite like Mudrick a little. I mean, obviously, Mudrick didn't play Lewin either, but Mudrick scored a goal against Palace, um, had a good performance. So I think for Raheem, I'm sure he arrives to the occasion because he is that kind of player. And, you know, there was a lot of doubts. I remember, I remember verse, uh, in... I think it was Euro, uh, the last Euros of England hosted it, and they found that you know Sterling shouldn't be playing, and he was one of the players at the tournament for England. I'm sure he arrived to the occasion, and but I do think that it wasn't a great Christmas for him, and yeah, I mean mainly because of the miss, but mainly because he hasn't really been involved much, and not not obviously not on the periphery, but you have to say that like it's it's not a shoe in that he'd be back in the team and to and be first and be one of the main attackers and that's maybe a bit of a bit of a backstep for him in his career at Chelsea a little bit yeah I mean I, d- I don't he didn't play the last two games obviously and then I thought he was you know potentially our best player against Wolves so if you take that miss out of it as well yeah you know yeah. obviously made the goal from it's more of a it's not a performance one it's more of a just a kind of narrative around Raheem that, and, that he, and yeah he'll look I think Posh likes him and he'll be an important player for us um, I, I think it's been nice to see Mudrick play pretty well over this festive period as well. So I'm excited about him. I think madueke has got a lot more hype personally than than I've seen on the pitch. Uh, I know he obviously scored the penalty at the end of the Palace game. He's, he was like decent in that game, I guess. And then he had an, another okay first half against Luton, but not much after that. So, I mean, I don't know what to... I, I'm not particularly hyped about Madueke. I'm happy that he's, he's getting some minutes and, and playing okay during them, but I'm, I'm not sure... Um, you know, as excited maybe as some other people are about. Madawaka. I mean, I was dealing with scraps. Once you take Brayu and Badishu out of it, I don't see too many other freezers. But... Sure, I certainly wouldn't be starting Madawake ahead of Sterling or Mudrick in any games of any importance. You know, I mean, I'd say the Luton game was quite a big game, but fair enough. I mean, yeah, I mean, but the, obviously you're going to rotate and play players. We you, you, we had through. Yeah. Um, three games in a week, right? I do. So. I, I just think the I just think the 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 needle has shifted slightly a little bit for Raheem. I, I think he's still first choice. Don't get me wrong, um, but I think you know if he has a few poor games, uh, then Madueke m- might be able to 
He just might be getting benched a little bit more, maybe minutes chopped up a little bit, to be honest, which might not be a bad thing because yeah, he, I, don't, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think like him getting rested at his you know, as he gets older now as well and, and playing important games and um, yeah. games that suit his style of play as well would be really, really nice. I mean, look, again we talked about it earlier. It'd be really nice for us to be able to pick horses for courses. At yeah. the moment we've just got horses like eleven horses, so I do, I do think with Sterling, the, something that he could really improve on is, is, is his decision-making in the final third. I think he's very very clinical for us, but, and I'm not, not just speaking about Wolves. I think as a senior player in the team, and you know, he's in a lot of money, but that's not his fault. But he, but he is on, you know, clearly the highest earner at the club with the, with the kind of flagship signing in the, you know, the doomed Thomas Tuchel uh, reign. I do think that sometimes he has to kind of make better decisions in the final third, which seems a poor decision when he was one-on-one against Villa, if you remember, things like that. Just those clutch moments. We could just do him with making a slightly better, as I call it, X opportunity. Just maybe making some better passes. He's of course not the only one, and he isn't the worst for worst worst one for that at all. But as a senior player who's won multiple leagues and played in huge games in Wembley and things like that, could just do with a bit more composure in the final third. Sometimes I feel. Yeah, uh, like he didn't have some great. Obviously, the Newcastle game, he had a few really good chances that he he, he couldn't convert. The Wolves game, he could have that could have won us the game, you know, putting us ahead. We seem to be really bad when we go behind. So it's it's interesting because he's a senior player, so I think I hold him to a little bit of a higher standard personally. Um, he should do, yeah. He's twenty eight. Yeah. He should be at his peak. Yeah. You know, talk about improving. Yeah, it's difficult for him. He's you know he's come yeah. away from a, a really really strong City team as well. So yeah, you'd course. expect his decision making to be like ridiculously good. Um. I do. I, yeah. I just. I just think sometimes there's an extra gear in him a little bit, and I do just think sometimes he has shown that he can just be almost unplayable at times. If we could just see that a little bit more, to a little bit more clutch moments, maybe you know some different types of goals, I'd be happy. But overall, he's had a good season. But I'd really like him to have an excellent season. That's sure. What. I mean, I, I think like 11 goal assists halfway through a season is pretty good. He only got, I think, 13 last season. So he's yeah. on track to have a much better season than what he did last I season. I agree, but I, um, I just think you know. Just those moments like Wolves and the Villa one, they're big moments. And you just hope that if another moment comes like that, maybe you can put it away. And that, that might be the difference, difference between us getting top six or top eight. But that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair enough. Warming yeah. up for me. Um, I will put... Um, Slim pickings, boy. Well, yeah. well, we did win a few games, so... Um, I think there's been a lot of talk around Moises Caicedo. Um, I think I, I was watching one of the pre-match games recently. I think Carragher made a comment saying he hasn't had a very good season or something. Or I think I was a, little, a little bit of time ago, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's watching the games. I think Caicedo's been really, really good, generally. Um, but a few, few bad games. I think a few bad team games, as much as anything. Um, but I thought he's been really good over this Christmas period. Um, I think he was, it, you know, it's not easy playing a two-man midfield that's basically yeah, he, covering. He's been, he's been asked to do a lot for us. Yeah, but that's good because, you know, that's what he's capable of doing. And I think he was being restricted quite heavily before with that three with Enzo, which is great if you want to control the games. And we should definitely look to to look to that sort of setup when we're ahead towards the end of games, maybe. But, you know, when we have two fantastic, you know, engines, you know, if we think about the, the really top teams um, of the past, 
really big engines in the middle and also, you know, people who can play the ball. You know, they're not just there running around like headless chickens. They're um they're also playing some fantastic football on the ground and making some key passes. So I just think he's been excellent and he's been a real pivotal part of um pushing us forward in in games and especially, you know, that looting game. I thought he was you know, he's there making that key pass forward. We've seen it before in great attacking moves, he's there starting it all off, you know, seeing the runs and playing his in. And yeah, I've been really impressed with him. I think he had a really good sort of period before that as well. But yeah, I think he's really starting to show in this four two 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 um what we've paid for because we're able to accommodate an extra attacker basically on the pitch um because of how good him and, and Gallagher are, to be fair. So I'd say he's warming up for me. I think he's just becoming in this formation. He's he's becoming the player I think we all wanted him to be, and I think he's he could evolve really well. Um, obviously, if we can keep Gallagher um, as well, and I, I worry about Enzo's ability to get back in this setup, but that's a, that's a different issue. But yeah, very impressive. Yeah, I I really like him. Obviously, I think high hopes for him coming in, and was a slow start. So he had the injury as well, and you know, I think maybe the weight of the fee or who knows what really affects these guys mentalities but he wasn't as dominant in games as he is right now right now he's playing really well I think the Spurs game he played really well in but apart from that there wasn't really any performances to hang your hat on um for him in the Chelsea shirt until recently I thought he's yeah he's had four or five really really good games over the last six weeks and 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 yeah like saying being asked a lot of and you think that's fair enough with Posh but yeah I think Lots to look forward to with him. And yeah, the midfield of Caicedo and Gallagher as a, a double pivot obviously has a lot of energy and covers a lot of ground. And, and that's, like you say, opening up a lot of things for us going forward. So yeah, really, really excited about the, that duo. I think he is like literally warming up where I think, you know, the Craig alluded to it there where, you know, I think he was stuck in central London hotels if he's Asian trying to get the deal done for half the summer. I mean, I think obviously he had a bit, I mean, obviously I, Brighton were kind of, I think they said he was injured already when he wasn't. They were just not invited into pre-season. And there was, you know, there's all sorts of stuff going on. Trying to get the fee up and all sorts of nonsense. And I'm, it's it's stressful. I mean, whenever you have a big life decision and going through for yourself or like, you know, if you move in house or, or there's some big change in your life. I mean, I'm sure it was like really stressful for him. And he showed that. I mean, the West Ham game obviously gave the penalty away. And I just think game by game, although it's not kind of linear, he has just steadily improved. And hopefully by... You know, February, March, April, kind of the clutch months of the season. We can really, if we get to a final against Liverpool or get to a, you know, get to a Carabao Cup final, you know, obviously that's not happening yet. But big games, maybe we can get in the top six now, the way the, league, the way the league's kind of settling. So I do think he's got a lot of really good attributes. Um, he's very aggressive, sometimes a little bit too aggressive. Sometimes I think he can put in a bit of a silly challenge. I think there's a couple of times where he put in some poor challenges this year. I think there was one against, I think it was Newcastle, where if there was VAR, I think he would have been sent off. I think it was in the first 10 minutes. Uh, so he's got to tone that down a little bit, but overall, I mean, the fee is what it was. I think we just paid a lot. Maybe just obviously we've kind of overpaid for him and played. You know, we all know the structure of big fees, lower wages. But excellent player that I think is just yeah, literally warming up, and hopefully by April May will be one of our uh, clutch players. Hopefully, yeah, I I can completely agree. Going to talk about my warming up. Yeah. Go with uh, slim pickings when it comes to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the hopefully what you guys feel is the next most obvious, uh, Malagusto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, what's 
important to realise as well is how important a player he's going to be for us over the next three months um, while Reese recovers from uh, hamstring surgery. And it's just great to see him really flourish as a up and down fullback down that side, just as we were expecting Reese to be such an important player for us this season and offer that. Um, I think the Newcastle game, he came on and played left back as well, which was really cool. I thought he played really, really well when he came on um, in that position. Um, so that's another element of versatility as we uh, are missing two left backs at the moment as well. Um, although rumours are that Chilwell is actually going to play in the next couple of weeks, which is great. Um, but the Wolves game, he was, he was decent. And then Palace, he was excellent and probably our best player and probably his best ever performance um, in a Chelsea shirt for us. And then Luton, I thought he was he was pretty good again. Again, sort of the end of the game killed him a bit and maybe should have been subbed the height as they were whipping the crosses in. But look, he's, he's an exciting prospect. I think it's important as well to realise with him that he's only 20 years old. Like 20 is just so young. You know, it... it it almost gets lost, I think, the ages of these players because we sort of view them as um, as our first team now, um, which which is what they are. But also, just important to remember their age. You know, he, Malagusto is a twenty-year-old player coming from the French league last year uh, as a teenager, and now being expected to be Chelsea's starting right back for the next two and a half months, probably. So, big weight of expectation, and it's just great to see him playing so well. I mean, I just want you to imagine that. We might have Aspie or, you know, Ruben Loftus-Cheek doing this or whatever, or they put Disassi right back or whatever. I mean, that Palace game, I think the second half against Newcastle as well, I think he changed the game. Whipping in some great balls, uh, good link-up playing, he can play left-back as well. I mean, for that first Palace goal, he was fantastic. I mean, uh, brilliant assists, but he also started the move. And, you know, with Reese's. uh well, we don't know when he's going to be back. Hopefully back a little bit this season, but we, you never know with, with Reese's issues at the moment. Obviously, have it, have an operation, so hopefully that'll clear up his issues. But this is why you have proper backup um, at fullback. And I think it's a little bit unfair at the moment to say that he's backup. And I'm not saying, because obviously at the moment Reese James isn't playing, but I think if Reese drops levels or, you know, he had a few poor games, and this guy, he's he nipping at his heels. He's a very, very good player. Very well... Um, you know, on X and uh, on podcasts, there's a lot. There was a lot of hype around this player, and we're seeing it technically very good. Although he doesn't look too strong, he can actually battle pretty well as well. Uh, got a good cross on him, so yeah, actually one on one defending pretty good. Not as good a player as Reese James, but you know, not very very good for Freeze's age. And uh, yeah, happy for him to play him right back. You know, for in the medium term, and very confident for him to do so. Yeah, I like Gusto. I think he's good. Very skillful player. Shame yeah. about his pace sometimes. I think he's just not as quick as um, I'd like him to be, but that's fine. Um, yeah, I think he's played really well. He's playing, he seems to go to, for right back and then they ship him over to left back when Carwell goes off. So, yeah, tricky tricky for him. I don't think he's very, I don't think he's as good as left back. I think when Chilwell and Kukurea are back, I don't think you'll be yeah. seeing that. Well, we might do when Chilwell goes off after 45 minutes every game. Um, but I think he's really, really impressing um, with his ability to to move forward into spaces. You know, it's so important for us to get people up um, for when we, you know, when we're crossing the ball in. We've got a lot of players up front. You know, we're playing basically four people on the attacking line, um, and him adding as a fifth just gives us a little bit more. And it's a shame we haven't seen more of a a goal threat from him really you, know, you miss that chance 
um, I can't remember who was it against now at home where he blazed over the bar. Yeah, yeah, so we could do with him maybe putting a few goals in. would be nice, Um, but I'm happy with the assists. Um, You know, some good accurate passes for for some crosses as well. He's not just hammering it in there a lot of the times when he's in good spots. So, yeah, really, really. He looks really good in that play as well, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's got a good awareness. Sometimes I'd like him to do a little bit more, but he, uh, he he clearly wants to get forward and affect the game on the other end of, you know, at the front end of the pitch, which is something I'd like to see from a lot more players. But very, very hopeful for him and good luck to him. He said he's 20, so he's blood on the hands of Reese James for allowing him to play so many games. But uh, I think we can be happy that he's doing really well and he was unlucky to get injured. Before. I think I think he's only had four spots and four starts in the Premier League this year, and he's got three assists. I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, only eight hundred minutes, so you know, for, for getting a, an assist every just two hundred fifty, three hundred minutes in that position is always pretty good. That means you'd be getting you know, ten, twelve a season. But um, no, he was I'm unlucky really also with the red card. I thought at Villa. Yeah, I mean, obviously that that, was... that 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 kind of killed his development. Like he, he kind of. Um, well, he got injured straight after that. Yeah, as well. that's what I mean. That k- yeah. killed his momentum this season. So you know, again, he's come back from an injury. Like you know, same old story of our players. They can't seem to stay fit when they start playing well. But um, hopefully, he can just stay fit for obvious reasons. Because obviously, we'll have we'll have back that back to disaster right back basically. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're very reliant on him at the moment, like Craig said. And hopefully, uh, you know, he doesn't run out of gas or you know, uh, mentally doesn't get worn out. But yeah, we need him to play uh, uh, all the time. Brady, do you want your usual warming up? Right, quick warming up. Uh, it's not only Meadow, okay. He's navigated uh, a tundra of Pochettino National Park and finally found warmer climates from May, uh, Mayfair to Fair Play. I mean, I, this player has got a lot of good attributes. I said last season I was really hyping up this player. Obviously, that called because I haven't really seen him, to be honest. Um, but really, really good composure for that penalty. I mean... Penalties, I think it's underrated. Like, you know, penalties are big moments. Like, okay, a lot, a lot of people talk about Cole Palmer scoring four penalties, but I mean, a really big pressure penalty. Like, that was huge. If we didn't win that Palace game, that would have been, that could have been a pivotal moment in our season the wrong way. So, um, the thing with Noni is as well, he seems like a really nice lad, really good personality. I mean, you'd have, I think you'd have a beer with him, but that doesn't mean that he's a bad player, you know? Uh, he's, he's, he, you know, he's, in the interview with Cole Palmer, he's quite funny. And I think, we spoke about this a lot. It's like it's good to have some personality in the players. Like there's a lot of this. Like you know, we just bought you know we bought bought you know by the data models and things like that. But personality and character, you can't be kind of can't be modelled or measured that way. And I think he's just, I think he brings a bit of vibrancy to the team. He tries things, uh, he, he bit out of the box, but he's got a lot of good abilities. Reminds you a little bit of Saka the way he moves the ball a little bit. Obviously, Saka's a way more developed player, but. He's got a really good shot on him, and obviously he can go either way. I mean, that goal that he scored, very few players would like you know score a goal like that in terms of like obviously he's looking to cut. He actually said that you know the defender thought I'd be cutting in, so I thought I just I kind of uh, used my right to go top corner to beat the goalkeeper from that angle from that kind of from a dead ball position, uh, a small uh, back lift it was really good. So look, uh, as long, long may it continue. You know, some players maybe technically in terms of tracking back, and you know, he needs a lot of work, but very good attributes in the attacking area. And he, I think he can almost score a goal almost from nothing a little bit, uh, or create something from nothing. And in a you know, versus low blocks and things like that, that can be really helpful. Yeah, I really agree with that last bit you said about him being creating something from nothing. I think that's definitely a big part of his game is 
he has that fear factor. He can go both ways. Yeah. He showed that he's got two feet. I think he's like he's someone who wants to shoot a lot, which can be good. Um, I think it's good in this team because I think yeah, sometimes it's, they can, it's, it's a good. They can it's be a, a bit good to have. Yeah. Well, it's a good to have. You know a, that we'll need because we we've missed that. I think people have been a lot very quick to pass the ball. Um, I think he's actually been slightly better at defending um, since I've seen him. So maybe they've been working on that. But I think his thing that's missing from his game is, I think, he, you know, I said this before, he takes too many touches. Sometimes he's, he's thinking when he has the ball, I'd like to see him play a few more one-two-touch stuff. Um, I think that'll be really helpful for him, um, especially if he's coming off the wing from wide angles. Um, I think linking up with Palmer will be really good in that spot. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to like about him. Um, Madaweke, I think he can he can do things that not a lot of other players can. And I think he's going to be a really, really helpful player for us this season. I think he might come off the bench a lot, but I think he's going to be a, a danger, and that's good. He's an important part of the squad now. I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that as well. Like He seems to... I think Posh had him in his own personal freezer for the start of the season. Yeah. Uh, was obviously unhappy with a few of the things that he was doing on the training pitch. Um, I think he even talked about that after Madueke's, um goal against Palace at the end where he said look it's not just about performing on the pitch it's about what you're doing training every day and that, I think he's just alluding to the fact that basically Madueke he's not his type of, of trainer and, and we've seen that before and the previous managers happens a lot in, in every club actually that you know you have to match that intensity in, in games on the training field unless you're someone like Eden Hazard but um, yeah I, I'm happy that he's going to feature for us in, in, in games now for this next half of the season because I think at the end of last season we thought he was you know, a prospect that could definitely kick on this season hasn't happened, but yeah, now hopefully, yeah, like you're saying, impact sub or whatever it ends up being, he's, he's definitely a player that can can do something special on the pitch. Um, so yeah. All right, uh, boiling hot. I mean, there is only one answer, and that's ice cold Palmer. Yeah. Um, well, Conor Gallagher I, not, not didn't get a mention though. Well, maybe you come up for someone else, but eight goals, four assists. He is on fire, this kid. He is the one player this season who we can say is truly someone that we can hang our hat on to deliver um, as con- oh. consistently as we can ever have imagined. Um, not perfect by a long shot, mainly because he's 21, but um, definitely a really, really good buy. Someone who can turn a game on its head, someone with skill, innovation, um, just all the best things you can think of in a player. Um, games are won with goals, and he won as that Luton game with his goals. They took advantage of a mistake, and then the second goal was well, one goal in the month. Um, just unbelievable composure, skill. Reminded me a lot of Ozil. Um, you know, the way he took the goal, the one he, he scored away in the Europa League that year. Um, just fantastic. And... I'm really, really excited about Palmer. Um, we've got to keep playing him. He's someone who's going to really um, make a big difference for us in the second half of the season. We need to get good players around him, you know, and Cuckoo's coming back. Um, and I think if we kind of see him as the sort of nucleus of our attack and play everything through him, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of goals and assists. Yeah, love Cole Palmer. I think probably my favourite player in the squad right now. Um you know the players playing week in week out for sure, and yeah, I think a lot of fans probably feel like that. I think he's 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 got something special about him. 
Um, and yeah, just again, very, very young player. Just hope he can uh, keep developing moving forward and, and you know, not going to burn out in this amount of games. Luckily, you know, obviously no Europe this this season for us. So he's not going to be asked to play every game because I do think he's a unique player for us where we don't really have a backup for him in terms of his profile. Um, a lot of the other wingers like Mudrick, Madweka and Sterling, I think are more sort of attacking wingers, whereas he's more of a creative um, passer of the ball. Um, so I think from a squad building point of view, definitely need to look at something, another player of that sort of ilk. But yeah, really, really happy with him. And I think Conor Gallagher deserves a, a mention up for this festive period as well. But yeah, definitely if you're looking at it overall, Cole Palmer has, has been our best player. I mean, death taxes and uh, Cole Palmer and Conor Gallagher in the, uh, in, in the boiling hot section, I mean, I mean, I mean that 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 second goal, that second goal that he scored on on Saturday, I mean, it's just world class. I mean, just just the cheek of it, the absolute cheek of it. And there's there's very few players in the world who could do that. Who could just when you threw on goal. I mean, obviously we haven't really played football. When you threw on goal, you just like right, just get it in. To have the the, the wherewithal to just chill out, let a guy slide across to you and then just put it in. It's just unbelievable composure. I mean, the little little drag across to kind of uh, to beat the goalkeeper as well. Around you know different types of goals. The second, the first goal as well, just like banged it bottom corner. The thing with him is like you know a lot of, you know there's like some arguments you know like half of his goals are from the penalty spot, but that's fine. But it's not just about goals and assists with him. It's just his general play. Uh, he creates a lot. Uh, just really confident on the ball. We can hold the ball as well. I think what's really good about him, he can like keep possession and hold the ball when we're like in clutch moments in the game where we need to hold on to it. Maybe the game's getting a bit sticky for us. Just generally a fantastic pickup and. Yeah, I mean, there was actually I actually heard this week on the podcast that he was at Man City were actually offering him out for twenty five million, and when we came, they thought their chance for him forty million, and Bodie being Bodie being Bodie, he paid it. But uh, yeah, worth every penny of forty million at the moment, and our best attacking player. I mean, probably photo finish for our best player this season as well with Conor Gallagher. So brilliant, brilliant signing so far, and yeah, fantastic. I wish I knew a few more City fans to give him. Some stick, but I don't. No, I think end. we gave. I mean, they got De Bruyne, so I think they'll be all right. Um, he looks like a problem solver, Palmer as well, which is good. Yeah, looks like he just needs to get everyone on the same wavelength as him, and should be good. Um, anyone? Uh, Craig Boyden Hot. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say Gallagher. I think he's been really good again, but I, I think we've sort of we've talked about um Connor a lot, and uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, the other reason I'll put him in boiling hot is it looks like he's going to stay um, and hopefully maybe sign a new contract as well. So we'll see um, what happens with him. But yeah, certainly well-deserved. I thought, especially looking back, obviously it was a, a while ago now, but that Newcastle game, um, yeah. I thought he was absolutely unbelievable. So, yeah. I think he's been so good. It goes on said that he's just <laughs> up there warming up boiling hot every week already. I mean, he hasn't, I think he didn't have a great game against Luton, but... Um, generally, just he's he's improvement this season from last, especially technically as well on the ball as well. I know he should, I know he hasn't scored any goals, and you know he needs to. He's got to get his shooting sorted. It's absolutely yeah, shocking. But he has definitely sorted. his no, he's very good on the ball. Um, so yeah, all good. Awesome. Brady, do you have anyone else? No, I think. Oh well, Alfie Gilchrist. Maybe. Hey. Just, uh, we'll give Alfie a shout. Yeah, just give him a shout. Just special, a special mention. Men- special mention. I mean, John Terry's been bigging him up. I saw a video where uh, some partner asked him at a Q and A. You know, who's the Coven guys coming through? And 
you know, Cobham's been sort of sidelined a little bit of all the, you know, kind of all the, the recruitment the way it is. But you've got to remember that we have still have a very good academy and we're still going to get some starters coming through. And who knows whether he'll, you know, make it in the first team and whatever. But just to see that passion is just so refreshing. Whether he becomes a Chelsea player long term or not, just to, that's the difference you get with Cobham players. They just literally wear their heart on their sleeve. And sometimes, you know, they might do something stupid or get a yellow card or something silly. But it's almost worth the upside of just fantastic for the fans. And especially in the time when the team are not playing well, when, you know, we're mid table, let's be honest, we're mid table and we're kind of readjusting our expectations. Someone to come on and just get stuck in like that. It's just fantastic to see. Yeah, I mean, it just shows as well. I was thinking about what what a low bar Chelsea really fans have in terms of just you know what we'll give respect to and what we'll we'll pay credit to, and like coming on and like making some ridiculous charge down for that ends up in a throw in or whatever it was down the right side of the pitch when you're only on for ninety seconds. I mean, that that impressed a lot of people. I mean, it's just some of these players need to realise that that you know a bit of passion, a bit of intensity on the pitch goes a long way. Um, and I think we've seen it from a few players this season. Um, uh, and I think a few players could maybe show it a bit more and they've got it in their locker and they're maybe holding back because they're a bit younger. Like Players like Levi Colwell, I think Chris alluded to it earlier, Like he's got an edge about him. He, he's a winner, you can kind of tell it in the in the way that he behaves. Um, and he, he hasn't really let it show yet in the same way sort of when you join a new team at work or something, you're a bit subdued at the start, you're sort of knowing where you fit in. And I, I think you know, for a lot of these players having that group reset or whatever, you've got to find your role and know where you fit in. But I think once they start shining and showing their personality, I think players like that and, and will, will really show. And yeah, I, I think Gilchrist is another guy that's got, he's a winner. I, I think you can tell it straight away when he, when he comes on to play. He's talking a lot as well as a young player, which is impressive. So yeah, good, good shout out, I think, Brady. I think he's, uh, he's touted as a centre-back, Gilchrist. I mean, he's only six foot. I'd be uh, surprised if he does. He looks more wonders. like a DM to me. Yeah, I, I would put him. He could actually also be. I mean, I see how he is on the ball. He could actually be a right back. Might be not be a bad spot for him. To be honest with you, um, put, him, put him anywhere. Just you know, just get the ball. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I think you know, be interesting. Obviously, be loaned out whether the January or. I mean, I have no idea season. whether he is good enough long term to play for the club. But wow, short term, he is. I mean, that tackle. I mean, to win that tackle and then the whistle to go and get Salute, and that's a wonderful moment, you know. Um, and yeah, just giving us. Especially for the away fans as well, you know the away fans who travel to Luton, they travel to Wolves. Just so oh, six hundred of them. Yeah, just 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 for the match going fans, the away fans playing playing, you know, going midweek during Christmas at, at Palace as well. Just fantastic to see, rather than you know the, I don't really see that from some of the uh, the, the other signings as well. So yeah, just, that's what Cobham can bring, and whether he develops or not as a Chelsea regular, we'll see. But yeah, just brilliant to see, as I said before. All right. Well, that's. That concludes the Christmas period. Um, quick little shout out to Brady on the FPL, top of the pops. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna say it, but yeah, I am top of the league. You were uh, with a cookie cutter Salah. What happens if I, I, one of us wins? Did second place win the prize? Ooh, these Ooh, are good questions. Good, should be question. should be answered <laughs> off, <laughs> off air. The second, <laughs> second in the league is my good friend Jake Barlow, who of course did the uh, the theme tunes and our, our skits for the for the pod. So I said to him, he can have the voucher if I'm top, but I don't know if that's a false promise or what. What, what are we saying? <laughs> yeah, no, that, I think that that works. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I certainly won't be buying you any any Chelsea merchandise. So. <laughs> 
Um, but I also want to give a shout out to me for the most points this week and triple figures. Pretty hard to get 100 yeah, points. Turn up, mate. Turn up. Well done. Turn up. So, yeah, making uh, the yeah. on my on fingers. Areola. My, my fingers scrolling down here, still scrolling. Oh, there's Chris. Right. Uh, uh, Captain Jack Grealish, was it, Chris? 42. <laughs> I heard Jack Grealish was playing Sheffield United, but uh, clearly it wasn't I'm enough. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. He's gone. He's gone because uh, of the AFCON. He's gone. It's, uh, yeah, he's actually gone out of the team as well. I brought in um, <laughs> yeah, that's Ferg- I mean. Ferguson and Nkunku. I brought oh, in Nkunku. in Grealish over Palmer. Come on, mate. Ferguson, what? Brighton's backup striker getting a run out. He's a uh, Jal Pedro's well, backup. I'm, I'm only playing him because uh, Harlan's got a little yellow marker on him. Yeah. Yeah, do you just think you're getting out of relegation battle and then, you know, you're getting in there. But yeah, I've got really on backup. 4 2 win. Trench has got nothing. Absolute disgrace. Yeah. Louis Diaz, one point. Just bad luck. Fred, seven XG. I mean, it's, it's an absolute... A DRB. Anyway. Um, Terrible luck. Terrible luck. Actually, all friends of the pod or people on the pod, it goes me, Jake, Jamie Elwood, who's causing our uh, behind Debbie Lions pod, and then Craig. So, yeah, friends of the pod doing pretty well. Corruption, Fantastic. some would say. Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's uh, it's FA Cup this weekend, so uh, you can um, you can rest that you won't be off top spot at least for a couple of weeks, Brady. Yeah, so revenue in the glory. So, yeah. You know that about top of Christmas, don't you? Well, that's it. You can do what <laughs> Arsenal did. <laughs> um, but yeah, back with Chelsea at home in the Premier League on the thirteenth of January. So uh, see what happens then. Not um, too long a break. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Um, for more updates on all things ESCR, you can follow us on X at Eat Sleep Chelsea and on Instagram at Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat. And as always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening. <laughs>